This is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith. My guest on this week's show is the North Wales Crusaders CEO, Andy Millsdale. It's been a remarkable season for the Crusaders, finishing third after they were wrought off by many. Now, the club has also been boosted by the move to Colwyn Bay this year. Sadly, it weren't to be in the playoffs. Yesterday, they lost out to Doncaster in a rip-rowing game that finished 48 points to 34. There was a huge second-half fight back from the Crusaders after being 30-0 down in as many minutes. But ultimately, the deficit proved too much. Andy discusses league structures, reduced funding, the move to Colwyn Bay, the issue of Ottawa in League One next year. But we start off with yesterday's defeat to Doncaster. Obviously, a game of two halves and uh, really nervy uh, and um, poor first half. But Donny were really clinical and the big players sort of showed up for him in the first half. Um, but very proud of um, our lads and the way they performed in the second half. And I think it made for uh, you know a good spectacle. And um, you know, I think all the Championship and League One games that have been. Yeah. What do you think happened in that first half? Because, you know, it was it you know, it was it was the worst start you could have had. Yeah, and in that second half, though, you know, a massive fight back, and you know, many didn't see that coming. Even though you didn't quite get there in the end, but you know, Patrick Harvan were put into the halves uh, second half, and then he it it all just seemed to go for him, didn't it? Yeah, Pat was brilliant. You know, all the lads were really good in the second half. Like, yeah. yeah, Pat was instrumental in terms of you know switching the game round and. They just give they just give us a running threat, um, you know, and, and, and Pat wants the ball, and you know he, he's, a, he's a danger to defence because he, you know, he's, he's got a good brain on him, and he, he asks for the ball at the right time, and you know he, he was outstanding in the second half. Do you think it was a mistake not to have him in the halves from the start? Uh, no, not really. You can't say that because you know Pat's a, Pat's a, a winger, and he, you know he played. And our wing Super League, God knows how many games on the wing. Um, so uh, I suppose in hindsight you could say that, but yeah. reality was is that if, any, if we'd have said before the game that you know we're going to start Pat Harvan, you know it, I don't think anyone before that second half thought that Pat Harvan would be a you know game changing halfback. So it was more a case of you know we had to pull caution to the wind and do something dramatic and. Yeah, I suppose you've got like another something up your sleeve now to you know try out as well. Yeah, it's something we've we spoke about the last couple of weeks. To be fair, because we've been down on bodies and uh, 
you know, going into the playoffs, we we had Matty Race on loan from from Bradford and was called back, and then that made him ineligible for the playoffs, which is a really big blow for us. Um, so yeah, we've been down on numbers, and you know, I think it's shown a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and Rob Masson were missing as well. Uh, what was what was up with him? Yeah, well, Rob was unavailable for selection, unfortunately, which has been. Um, you know, Dante come in and did really well, to be fair to Dante, he didn't do, he didn't do anything wrong, but, you know, we, we did miss Robin, um, you know, obviously he's up for player of the year and he had a great year, so I, I inside we miss Rob, but, yeah, I still think we had enough, you know, it, it was just one of those days where you can't, you can't give, well, you can't give Doncaster certainly, but you can't give any team a, a you know, 30 yard start. Yeah, was that an injury to Rob then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and your thoughts on the season as a whole? Well, uh, the, the whole sort of experience and move that yeah, I think has done everyone good. Um, yeah, I think if we, you know, before the season we were with the bookies and people's tips for where clubs would finish in League One, and I don't think anyone would have tipped North Wales Crusaders to finish third above, you know, some really well-established clubs. Some clubs have spent an awful lot of money, um, so yeah, it's been it's been good on and off the pitch. To be fair, it's, it was just disappointing to obviously once we got in the playoffs and finished third, it was just you know you want to then go one step further. But you know, reflecting this morning, we got a fantastic season. Yeah, and obviously you moved to Colwyn Bay. Um, what what's that been like? Well, I think you know as everyone can see. It's, it's been good on the pitch, you know. I think it's given you know, the coaches and the lads and the release of life, um, you know, and it's a real good environment. Um, it's a fantastic stadium, but I think more importantly, it's give you know our, our old fans, you know, a lift and um, they really enjoy being here. It's created a fantastic atmosphere whenever we played at home, um, and you know we've we've established a new fan base, which was always. The goal, uh, and the, the task now is obviously building on that. Yeah, and when when we last spoke, you were looking at ground sharing with Wrexham. Uh, so, so is your long term future now in Colwyn Bay? Well, I think something we really need to discuss, and um, but you know, naturally, the success of this year, you know, we're we're a North Wales, right, the brand. That's what we are. So it's not. You know, affiliated to one place per se, but uh, yeah, the, the likelihood is that we'll be playing um, some more games in Colwyn Bay, and you know, it's been it's, it's been a really good year. And, you know, we, we need to sort of sit down. You know, this is pretty raw at the minute, and the day after the season's finished, um, but it, it's something we've got. Yeah, we're going to have to sit down and have a long hard think about. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the stadium, then um, you know, in terms of revenue, like, do you take the food and drink revenue, or does that get taken by its owners? No, we we, we do that. We still have obviously our main sponsors, Rex and Wagner, so we the, the bar is uh, is done by the club. Oh, that that's good then. Um, so, in terms of league structure, um, the game as a whole, you know, we've heard. The, this idea of two leagues of ten, uh, but not much has been said what actually that means for anybody outside of those. Um, do you know anything, uh, you know, 
if they decide to go down that route, do you know what's going to happen below that? No, I don't think anyone does at the minute. Um, you know, there's the rumours that that's the way it's going to go from next year personally I, you know I, I don't see how two league to ten will improve the game in my opinion uh, obviously I think it's well documented and broadcast that you know we need to do something different but I don't, my, my own opinion is a ten team super league that it, you know it, it doesn't do anything for me in terms of you know making me more engaged with the game I, I don't think it will for people you know bringing people into the game but you know that's a decision that is made well above where we are so we just have to wait and see like everyone else does yeah and obviously sky money's gone down as well uh, do, do you know how much you're actually getting now as a club and how will that affect you So, in terms of then going forward, is it a danger that you might actually not return? No. No. Not at all. Um, yeah, we've, worked, we've worked hard this year to make sure, you know, that, that this isn't something that's suddenly been sprung upon us that, uh, you know, we, 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 we've been well aware for the past well, year, 15 months at this day we'll come. To what extent, we didn't know. Um, but, you know, we've we were aware that you know the, the, the distribution would go down, so um, you know we've sort of been planning for that. Uh, but uh, it still will be hard work over the close season to sort of bridge that gap of I think you know, it's like a seventy-eight percent loss. I think it is from um, the distribution. So that's a, that's a massive amount of money to make up. But you know we've put things in place that you know we'll, we'll be okay next year. Yeah. Uh, and do do you think it's fair, you know, that you're you're see, seemingly the League One clubs are bearing the brunt of some of that they've not really been responsible for? Well, yeah, well, you know, it's a tough one because also, you know, the you know the, the sky money has gone down. That you know has to be reflected. Yeah. For all the clubs, but yeah, it's what I would say is obviously a couple of years ago that. 
Don Seafree clubs obviously wanted to take control of their own destiny and, you know, Robert Olsen was brought in, um, you know, to try and sort of revamp and, and make them try, you know, to try to sort of rejuvenate Super League so the TV deal maybe wouldn't drop as much as they had, but, you know, Liverpool kind of still need to put a family forward. Um, you know, it's a waste of time, waste of our energy on, on things we can't control. So um, we, we just got to do do what we can to sort of survive and hopefully progress. Yeah. And in terms of planning, like, has that been made harder because of uncertainties? You know, have you have you been able to say, well, maybe I don't know if I can re-sign this player or sign that player? Has it been harder? It, it is so. I, I think rather than the money situation, I think the hard thing is not knowing the structure. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, we all know that the money, you know, has obviously gone down, but I think the planning for next year is difficult because, you know, we, we still don't know what we're playing for. Obviously, we've been the player, so, you know, we, we were sort of had one eye on if we got promoted. Um, obviously, now that we've not, but we've as League One clubs, we still don't know what what the structure is for next year, what we're actually playing for. If it'll be promotion, what the playoff will look like in a, in the restructure. So that, that's the difficult bit, not, not knowing what, what's going on structure-wise or funding-wise. Yeah, and it it could be that you know um, they do this two leagues of ten. You do get promoted next year, and you you kind of still in the third division, so you've not really moved anywhere. Yeah, and also we we've got this issue of Ottawa as well. Uh, that they're, they're what I've heard they're pa- apparently playing in going to be playing in Bradford. Uh, is that something that you've heard as well? Yeah, I've heard. I've had it confirmed. I don't know how that will work or you know what you know if that, how our benefits League One or you know, or you know what the benefits of the game. I'm not sure. We haven't had any confirmation on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, that's an unknown. We haven't we haven't had confirmed, so that that's another. Sort of dimension to not. I won't say worry about, but you know, just just again, not knowing what the what the what the structure will be like for next year. Yeah, maybe there's some big Ottawa community in Bradford that we're not aware of. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. Why do you think that, you know, it always seems in rugby league that everything is always pushed to the last second and even even rules that are start at the start of the season don't seem to fit you know, be there at the end of it. why is it that rugby league always finds itself trying to reinvent itself and change things and there's no there's no stability really, is there? No, and I think that's what needs to change, and I think that's why um, maybe, although it's not ideal, but we're still sat here talking and not knowing what's going on for next year, I think it's important that they, what decision they do make now and they, and they get it right, because like I say, we can't keep 
you know, changing things every, every two years or, you know, even in, in the past they've changed things playoff-wise in the season. It's not, my opinion, it's not a good look. Um, and, you know, I, I, I hope that in them taking this time to make whatever decision comes to, they, they, they get it right. Yeah. And, and lastly, um, in the last few days, um, on the issue of the TV deal for Championship and League One, uh, it's apparently going to be on Premier Sports on Monday nights. Um, if that is the case, what do you make of that? Well, to be honest, I think that I think that was more the Championship and League One. Right. Yeah, and obviously players work as well, don't they? So maybe maybe they might not even be able to do Monday nights. Yeah, I suppose as a player, well, fair a little bit, but I, you know, I suppose we'll have to play on Sundays and work on Monday. So um, I can't say that's been a massive issue. I think if lads, if that's where they've got to play and you know to earn money, then I, I'm I'm sure it's not ideal. Um, but it's not going to be. You know, it's not as if from what I believe. It's not as if Bradford or, you know, or Leeds or whoever it be will be on TV every Monday. It'd be, you know, Bradford versus Leeds and next week it'll be somewhere else. So, yeah. I don't think we'll have one team playing every Monday. Yeah. So, would would we see much of League One then on this TV deal, do you know? No, from what, from what I'm led to believe, no, it'll be a championship. Right. Um, uh, I, I've not had that confirmed, but from, from what... The way I see it is, it's a champ- it'll be a championship that'll be on that platform. So will will League One have anything, or is that just our league then? Uh, well, that's something that I suppose you have to discuss with the teams that are in League One and see, you know, what what options there are. But um, yeah, we don't even know what the structure is yet, so I think it's yeah, uh, very difficult to sort of know what's going to be on TV for League One. But I, I, I do think that. You know, and people have their own opinions on League One, but I think anyone who's watched it this year on our league, um, you know, the playoff games and the games that have been on the booth, really good standard and, you know, some entertaining and, to be fair, refreshing yeah. games because, you know, although, you know, we got beat yesterday, we can see 48 points. You know, I think, I think people like to see, you know, it's a different, at League One and, and Championship is not as much um, sort of structure and you know lots of play with a bit more freedom I, I honestly think that the, the games over the weekend and the, the championship games are fantastic and you know compared to some of the Super League games that were on it I, I know I enjoyed the, the championship league one games more, more than what I did the Super League I'm not saying over the course of the year obviously the standard is a lot 
especially in Super League, we all know that. But I think it's nice to to watch rugby where you know the shackles are off a little bit and it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, that game last night was one of the best ones I've seen this season across all the divisions. You know, a lot of it in Super League, you know, you're sick of sort of seeing the same teams like struggling, you know, Leeds and whatnot. But, you know, there's, to be honest, the League One playoffs, that's been really, you know, there's nothing to separate any of them, really. No, it's been, it's been, been that's not something good, it has been really good, and glad you said that. Sometimes, obviously, I'm a League One. Yeah. And and affordable as well. Stay there. Um, we'll work our way back uh, to Super League as the show goes on. But we, we'll stay on the North Wales game because in that first half, I don't know what happened. Doncaster just everything they touched t- turned to points, and North Wales didn't have an answer to them. And s- to be honest, some of the defending were up to scratch. I I look at the. Uh, Banker came, try, were. He, he didn't really know where to go. He, he didn't really have an option. He was going left and right, turning round. And then he put a little kick in. And it sort of just walked through the North Wales defence and put it down with ease. It was, it was a disaster for North Wales to start with. You know, 30, 30 points down after about 30, 30, 33 minutes. You know... <laughs> when when you're going into a playoff, that's certainly not what you need. And there were, I think there were, there was three changes after about twenty minutes as well, which t- didn't even didn't seem to do much. But second half, wow, you know, not many people come back from those sorts of defeat uh, deficits, and they didn't come back. But with a few minutes to go, they were just. A score in it, but they missed the conversion, and then Doncaster had a bit of a fight back themselves, which then pushed them too far in front to be caught. But what a game! And top marks to Patrick Arvan mentioned it in the interview, but he was a man possessed in that second half. Everything he, he touched turned into points, and they were going at it hammer and tongs as well. And the game before that as well, Workington v Keefley went to Golden Point. What a game that was as well. Now, if you didn't watch any of the League One playoffs so far, then I suggest you do. Um, They're on this Sunday again. Keefley v Doncaster. Um, So, whoever wins that one will face Workington in the... Playoff final, playoff grand final. Uh, as I record this time, kickoff time's not been confirmed, 
but it should be either two o'clock or half four. That's what they usually have been. And also, if you ain't seen those two matches, Keithley and uh, North Wales games, um, they're available on the Our League app to watch again. So, you know, even if you know the score, if you want to see that, if you want to see those games, go ahead. Um, yeah, the Keithley match, Workington were too strong for him in the first half, but uh, Keithley sort of architects of their own downfall. You know, completion rate in that first half were about 60%. So, you know, you ain't giving yourself a chance, really. But second half, they threw absolutely everything at it. But they couldn't find a way in. You know, they kept they kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door. No response <laughs> at all until the very last second where they finally, finally got the equalising try. But then... When it went to Golden Point, it all fell apart again, and Workington got there first, basically. So, you know, another dramatic game. And as is discussed with Andy Millsdale in that interview, a, a lot more exciting than a lot of the Super League games this year. And the League One and Championship has been throughout the year, to be quite honest. And it's a good job there is a TV deal coming. Although, it's interesting that it doesn't feature League One because that's what we've been told all the way through this that it'll be League One as well but obviously not whether whether it goes on our league or what who knows nobody knows anything about anything so yeah we could have all Cumbrian sides in the championship um, next season because Whitehaven they lost out as we'll discuss later on Barrow have already booked their place in championship. So it's all down to Workington now. So pretty much uh, all the um, all the Greater Manchester sides have pretty much replaced uh, the Cumbrian sides uh, in League One, if it is going to be Workington, that is. But in terms of the championship, Batley beat Bradford, so Bradford are now out. Uh, that means Batley go to Toulouse. So, <laughs> if, if you're going to do it, you've got to beat the best. So, that's where they're going. But, yeah, Batley's season been fantastic. Craig Lingard, coach of the year in the championship, has to be. Although, you know, there's so many there's so many contenders now. For Batley, it was, it, it was a professional job. They did well in the first half. They got points on the board. They took the two points when they arrived. And it was 16-0 at half-time. Second half, um, they didn't do much attacking. They'd already... <laughs> they didn't really threaten uh, Bradford's try line, but they didn't need to. They just defended for their lives. And there was uh, two tries from Bradford. One misconversion, which is vital in these games and then ultimately it was just too much for Bradford but I think that's deserved for Batley through what they've done this year they've been fantastic and Whitehaven um, narrowly missed out against Halifax Halifax will be playing Featherston it weren't the best of starts for Whitehaven really 22-6 at half time they had a bit of an issue with injuries 
quite a few players had to come off, key players as well. They did return, but, you know, there was a lot of interchanges and whatnot and disruption. So no surprise that it was 22-6 at half-time. Again, another big comeback, a big fight back. And again, they came very close, but they ultimately lost out. But Halifax have been solid all year as well. And the year before that, uh, before the cancelled season that it, that was, I think they missed the playoffs that, that, that year. So to be third, you know, same win percentage as Batley, I think that's that's an improvement. Well, it, it, I don't think it is. It is an improvement. So, you know, one of the more solid teams this year. And who'd have thought that this year Batley had been in the playoffs and Whitehaven would be and London, Widnes and York wouldn't be. But that's the way the season's panned out this year and I think that just shows the competitiveness of this the season. But yeah, I think the statistic was that Whitehaven... I think they won about twice in the first 10 games or something. So the, the second half of the season, I don't, I don't know what happened. They just they just started winning games and didn't really stop. But the way they got in the playoffs, through the eye of an needle, basically, was an achievement in itself. But uh, those playoffs, uh, they're on Saturday. Now, the BBC have one kicking off at... Uh, 4.30 for whatever reason but I, I don't think that's right at all because the next one is 5.15 and I'm pretty sure it's going to work out the same as it did this weekend where one is 3.15 and then the others are 5 and the first one so the first one will be R5 they were both on Sky Sports Mix so even if you've just got a basic Sky uh, subscription thing you still get the Mix channel so you can watch it um, even without subscribing to Sky Sports or whatever. Um, it'll be Batley v Toulouse at Toulouse Stadium for the first time this year, I think. So it'll be good to see how many turn out there. Uh, you know, how, how the stadium looks and whatnot. And are they going to be given a run for the money as well? Because they've absolutely blown every team away this season. Uh, and then after that, it's Feverston v Halifax. Feverston not far behind um, to lose, in that you know they they're far and far and away one of the best teams. Uh, Feverston and Halifax last met uh, first week weekend in September. It were fifty four points to twenty two to Feverston, so uh, you know a big scoreline there. Um, earlier on than that, uh, end of May, they, f- they f- faced each other. Um, 16 points to 8, that one was. So, you know, two wins for Featherstone, but not the biggest of margins. You know, they scored 54 points, but Halifax scored 22. And it's playoff football as well, so anything can happen. I do hope it's not a walkover though for these two games because you know it's been 
fantastic these matches because both teams have been so closely matched and even when there's been a big scoreline at half time it's still been a fantastic comeback in the second half so let's hope for some more of that but that was it in the championship uh, in Super League well Wigan just when you think well they beat Catalans and they beat Hull FC are they going to turn it on for the playoffs? Well, no, they're not. They, they, they nilled again. And that's for the third time this year. And I think if you look at half-time nilled as well, I think that's even bigger score. But yeah, there were lots of effort from Wigan, but they just couldn't find anything. Nothing went their way. The biggest frustration with me for Wigan was the kicks, and they have been all season. They don't end sets properly. And when they do kick, it either goes nowhere or it's caught and there's no chases. Or, you know, it's just a calamity, basically. But with all that talent in that squad and they can't find a way of putting points on the board. It were two teams that have frustrated me this year. So I'm not surprised it were 8-0. Because it were kind of two teams who have been struggling for points and for wins and for consistency. And I think that's what we saw. Because Leeds gave Wigan quite a few chances as well. Richie Myler spilled quite a few balls. Um, catching it in the air on his in his own try line basically. But Wigan didn't make the most of anything. And now that means... Um, Leeds are going to St Helens and Hulk AR will be facing Catalan Dragons. Now, the last time they faced was a very close run game. It was 23 points to 16. So, anything can happen, and especially with Hulk AR as well, the way they play. Just open and free to express themselves sort of thing. They were They were brilliant against Warrington. Who, for for whatever reason, Warrington came out um, really going at it, and you thought, right, you know, they're on it today. Nothing's going to stop them. You know, look at the squad they've got. They've got talent in abundance. But I mean, what the hell happened? Because I don't I don't understand it. How can you start a game so well? Okay, you didn't get the points, but you you were you were still you know looking likely to score. Okay, I got the points against the run of play, but then then the errors crept in for Warrington for whatever reason. They couldn't they couldn't keep hold of the ball. They must have. Ha- I think the handling errors were massive, huge numbers, uh, double figures certainly. Uh, but yeah. In a way, you know, Warrington handed it to Hull KR. Some fantastic play from Hull KR, especially Mike Lewis for that try, that chip and chase, which he he did it in the eighteen ninety five Cup final for uh, York as well. But he's a great young player, and well, you know, one that's going to turn out great. I think there's a lot is made about. You know, whether our standard of players is good enough or whatever. But I think if you look at the players coming through at the moment, 
I think, you know, they, they've got a lot of talent. Whether there's enough of them, who knows? But, I mean, for me, it's positive signs. And also, let's not forget, Hokayar had a sim bin as well. And that didn't seem to make a difference either. But looking at Warrington and Steve Price's reign, I think you've got to judge it as a failure. Because they're always, they've always had one of the best squads. I think that this squad this year has been better because you've added... You've had the added extras of George Williams and Gareth Widdop actually on the top of his game. But no, I think all they've got to show for it is a Challenge Cup win, which they won against the odds. But it seems like every time they've got into these grand finals, they've gone out of it as soon as as soon as possible. Um, now... You you cannot only put that down to the coach. It it's the players on the field, but the players' um, track record skills say, speak for themselves, don't they? But you know why could he not get a tune out of them? Who knows? I don't think anybody knows to be honest. Otherwise, they they would have won, wouldn't they? But can Daryl Powell make get anything out of them? Well, it, it it might be a different Warrington side next year anyway. Who knows? What time will tell on that one. But, you know, uh, Leeds remain, Saints remain, Catalans remain and Hull KR remain. So actually, the, the two higher place playoff sides have actually gone out. Warrington and Wigan, third and fourth. The lowest ones remain. Last week on the show... <laughs> I didn't see a way that whole KR would win, to be honest. I, I was just, in my mind, I thought, yeah, <laughs> OK, Warrington have won that one. <laughs> you know, they'd only, won, they'd only lost five games all season. But they've been sloppy in some of them, and it, they certainly was again. And I just don't understand why they made so many errors. You can't even say, you know... It with the pressure that got to them or whatever because they were playing whole KR who ain't been in the playoffs for however long I suppose in a way you could have said well whole KR had nothing to lose and Warrington sort of had the expectations however they've been in the playoffs year on year on year they've won the Challenge Cup etc they know how to win games they know they have the experience of these big games, so, you know, who are you going to back? The ones who know how it works, or the ones who are just going to go out there and give it their all without much pressure on them? Well, I'd be giving it to the ones who know what they'd, you know, who have the track record or whatever, who have the experience, but experience didn't count counted for nothing, did it? So, Thursday night is Catalans v Hull KR and Saints v Leeds. And I think that, those two, I don't think anybody gets a second chance uh, with that one. I think in the past, maybe the the team who finished first had a second chance, but I don't think it works like that this year. I think whoever wins them are in the grand final, which I, th- I think is better than having the second chance thing because... Then you've got to give it your all. You don't have. You're not holding anything back. You you win this and you're in it. 
if you lose, you're out of it. It's simple, isn't it? But uh, already, the, we guaranteed a new um, team in the grand final. Whether we'll have a new team winning it is another story. Because we know all about St. Helens. Even, you know, they won the Challenge Cup, even though they ain't been that good this year. And while we say they've not been that good this year, they're still second with a 76% win rate and only lost five games. Catalans, as well, lost four. So, Catalans ain't infallible either. But here I am again, writing off OKR and uh, Leeds as well. That's what I did last week, so uh, I won't be doing that again this week. But, I mean, can we see Leeds beating St. Helens? I, I can see Hull KR beating Catalans, I can see that. But can Leeds beat St. Helens? Well, let's just have a look at some of the results against St. Helens. Uh, well, we don't have to go back far. 10th of September, St. Helens 40 points to 6 win. So, you know, convincing win there. Challenge Cup, St. Helens won 26 points to 18 that were in the Challenge Cup. But yeah, not long to go now in the playoffs. And for the season, we would be talking about a World Cup uh, on the horizon. But uh, the Aussies put a spanner in the works for, for that one. Um, there will be the internationals. Uh, not sure when they'll be on, actually. But looking forward to them anyway. Um, whether there could have been more than just one game, you know, more of a series or whatever, I would have preferred that. But it's better than nothing, I suppose. And, you know, for once, a bit of proactiveness from the RFL, which you, ca you can't really ever say that about them. So, um, well done for that. But, yeah, not many episodes left. But I'll be back next week and and up until the grand final so hope you can tune in for that uh, see you next week